Is your world a little crazy and off-kilter at the moment? Feeling a bit frazzled? Well then, you've found the perfect place to regain some quiet today. Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast, where we study His Word and encourage one another. The Sweet Sela Moments Podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast. Today, on episode 68, we are talking about marvelous mercy. We are so glad you joined us. Sharon, mercy is such a beautiful word. I looked up this definition, and Merriam-Webster says that mercy is kind or forgiving treatment of someone who could be treated harshly. He is a vicious criminal who deserves no mercy kind of thing. Or it could be kindness or help given to people who are in a very bad or desperate situation. I like Christianity.com's description even better, though. You do! <laughs> so i that one next. Okay. They say that mercy is the act of withholding deserved punishment, while grace is the act of endowing unmerited favor. Huh. In his mercy, God does not give us punishment we deserve, namely hell. While in his grace, God gives us a gift we do not deserve, namely heaven. Oh, what a good example of that, too. So the mercy is withholding something we deserve, but the grace is actually giving something we don't deserve. They really do go hand in hand, that mercy and grace. I (laughs) I agree with you. I like that definition even better. Mm -hmm. So, well... Mercy is a gift, Nicole, to those of us who need it. (laughs) And I can remember several instances in my life when I definitely needed it and was begging God to have mercy on my foolish self. Hmm. (laughs) I used to run the gas tank down to almost empty. Ray would be like, why? When it gets to half, you need to refill it. But oh no, oh no. I was always in a hurry, right? Yes, and squeeze that last drop of gas out of it. (laughs) So, and this is... The days before cell phones, you know, where if you do get trapped on a road, it's not like you call for help. Right. There's no phone in the car. It's so scary. So, <laughs> of how course. You <laughs> oh, my word. So, of course, this day, I'm driving far away from home on a desert. It was a deserted part of Mass Turnpike oh, where wow. there's nothing but woods. Yeah. Nothing but woods. And there I am. And I've run out of gas. <laughs> oh, joy. So I'm sitting there saying, have mercy on me, oh God. And a police car comes up and he um, calls radios, whatever they did. They had something to use on their car, even if I didn't. (laughs) And they get a a gas station to come out and give me gas. Well, I was nervous being all alone, you know, but they wouldn't stay with me. They had other things to do. so. So then I'm left alone again. And I actually had reason to be nervous because when the gas station guy showed up, he said, you'll need to get out of your car and help me. Oh. I know. I know, and I'm like 23. I know. So I'm like, okay, I'll get out of the car and help you. Oh, no. (laughs) So I'm standing there, and he said, you need to help me hold the gas can. So he had his hands like on mine, and then I was really begging for mercy. I mean, it could have been, let's face it, it really could have been a very, very bad situation. And it was because of my own foolishness. Mm. So it's not like I didn't. deserve it, right? (laughs) If you're going to be that dumb over and over. So I asked for mercy from God and and he gave it because nothing happened. We filled the gas together and I got back in the car and all was fine. Can you believe it? I still get like these really weird, creepy feelings in my tummy about that. Yeah, I got nervous hearing your story. Where's this going to end? I know. (laughs) You know, looking back at it, I'm like, what a dummy to get out of the car. But I just didn't. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So 
How about you? Have you ever cried, <laughs> Lord, have mercy? Yeah. <laughs> Quite a few times. I've done some pretty stupid things in my life, and I just remember asking God, like, help me, please give me mercy, especially when you realize after the dumb thing how severe the consequences yes. could be if fully yes. unleashed. Mm-hmm. And God, in his grace and mercy, has withheld the full blow of some of those consequences. I am so very thankful and grateful to him for thing. that. <laughs> yes. yes. You know, and it's, I think, going, experiencing God's mercy firsthand, um, it's really helped me kind of extend it to my kids now, you know? There's mm-hmm. been quite a few times where they have certainly earned the consequence <laughs> of their actions, <laughs> and I've been ready to give it. But yep. I will give them mercy, because I remember that God gave me Aww, mercy. Oh, Nicole, that's really helps. sweet. Most yeah. of the time, it helps. Yes, <laughs> I'm still working on it. <laughs> I love that. I do. And if and if they don't get it all the time, they they know that punishment sometimes comes, but yes. they get the concept of mercy. Right. You actually <clears throat> deserve to not have X, Y, or Z because of right. what you did, but... I'm giving you mercy today. Right. And I try to explain the mercy piece. So it's not just like getting away with whatever they want. To right. There's a right. balance to it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is really, really sweet. Mm. So Bella, my dog, gets quite a bit of mercy. You know, <laughs> she so jumps cute. up when she shouldn't, and I give her mercy. And I have to say that as grandmother now, Nina, as they mm. call me, I give way more mercy than I did to my own children. <laughs> my children point that out to me. Wow, Mom, you just funny. said yes again. Right. And so we have a joke that Nina has lost her no button. Oh. <laughs> I've, I'm like, I think I've lost it. When when the kids were, my own kids were growing up because I had the responsibility yes. of training them, oh, yeah. I said no. That that no button's like attached to your wrist. It right? is, and you have to. Yeah. Somehow as a Nina, you kind of lose it. Can and you the, chuck it out the window? The mercy <laughs> comes into play probably oh. more than it should. I know. I can't so, wait. That'll be so fun, though. Oh, my goodness. Well, anyways, uh, back to um, Ephesians, which is yes. what we're supposed to be talking about. So here we go. Our passage today in Ephesians is a beautiful unpacking of both the words mercy and grace. Mm. So before we go further, let's review where we've been. Mercy mercy is the act of withholding a deserved punishment. Mm. Grace is giving us undeserved favor or blessing beyond anything we might have earned. Both are high expressions of love, Mm. Nicole. So why don't you start us off on our sweet Sila moment. Mm. Yay! The reading of God's Word is always the truest and best part of our podcast because God's Word is true. Mm. We hope our words are true and good and useful, but Mm. we know God's words are. We're on safe and holy ground when we're reading what he has said. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Today we're going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. I'm going to start with verse 1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. (laughs) All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we are subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God Mm. is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. 
So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift (laughs) from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Isn't that beautiful? I love those verses. Oh, man. (laughs) Okay, so in chapter 1, where we were just a little while ago, Paul was full of thanksgiving for the people of Ephesus living in a dangerous place. We talked about his wonderful greeting of grace and peace. We spent time being amazed at how Paul reminded them of their many blessings in Christ. And then we learned how to pray soul care prayers Mm -hmm. for people as Paul prayed for the Ephesians to understand the great power of God at work in their lives, despite their situation. So now we're moving on to chapter two and his next Mm -hmm. thoughts. Here, he wants them to fully grasp what they were saved from Mm -hmm. and how they were saved. So let's start, Nicole, with the lostness. This is where he starts, the lostness of all humans without God. Yeah. This is where he begins. So can you read verses 1 through 4 again, and let's, let's see where we were before Christ. Mm. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Oi. Yeah, I know it. (laughs) That part about the devil, you're obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Serious stuff. Yowzers. Yeah. I don't like talking about the devil. Mm -mm. I far prefer talking about Jesus. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) However, Paul's talking about him here. He's pulling no punches. Mm. He says, all of us before Christ live in sin, obeying the devil. Wow. Nicole, that's just downright awful. It really I, is. <laughs> I don't think that people who don't know Christ, most of them anyway, would see it that way. Right. It's not, it's, it's a hidden thing. But according to Ephesians 2 verse 2, the devil is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who don't know God. Hmm. He's the one that tempts us to be bad, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, here's some of the ways he does it. I'm familiar with these <laughs> from painful <laughs> personal experience. He's the one that whispers, you didn't deserve that kind of treatment. Mm. That person needs to be taught a lesson. Stand up for yourself and kick them back, basically, (laughs) right? I mean, that's what he says in your ear. (laughs) Yep. So what are some other ways the devil tempts us to give way to our sinful natures? Ooh, I think he's also really good at getting us to complain. Oh, that's true. I didn't deserve that, or I deserve better, or I'm better than that. Just kind of getting those little seeds of... Digs in. Mm -hmm. Discontentment, you know, if you can get that in there. In all of our areas of our life, that can lead to a number of sins if you don't think... You have what you deserve, not a good enough house or husband True. or anything, you know? Yeah, that coveting thing gets yes. in there then, too. Right? You're led to yeah. wander away. Yeah. Um, and then pride, you know, I think thinking that we did or we earned what we have, um, mm-hmm. that we don't need God. Anything he can to keep us talk- from talking from to God, you know? <laughs> He's That's really so good true. at that. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. He does. He keeps us from talking to God. Isn't yeah. that interesting that you say that? Because you're right. 
he wants us to be busy thinking about other people, yes. our own offendedness, right? What um, we maybe need or whatever yeah. crisis is around yeah. anything he can to get us yeah. off of Jesus. Even how good we are, <laughs> yeah, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> anything that keeps us from actually being in his God, in God's presence, absolutely. Because when we're with actual God mm. in prayer, in the Word, that's that's when we're stripped bare of pretense and we're yeah. the most us. Because we can't fake it in front of God, you know. Yeah. But it's it's amazing. You ever you read the Screw Tape letters? Oh by yes. CSUs? Oh yes. It's so fascinating to see. It's if you haven't read it, people out there listening, it's really interesting. It's a letter from um, like a <laughs> um, higher up demons who was like nephew he's training about how to torment this particular man i think he was a new christian i believe yeah he becomes a christian shortly after screw tape letters begins and okay. he's like rats he <laughs> accepted christ despite all my best efforts now what That's do i right. do right but it's so fascinating to read the methods they use to distract him and to keep him from growing in his faith and mm-hmm. some of them are not blatant outright terrible things no. and that's what's frightening is that God, that satan can use things that we would think were good right or think ourselves too good and then we just we take our eyes off of god yeah yeah even you know what even when we pray if we're not careful we can be mm. like oh please be with that poor person over there who has this terrible <laughs> problem with this right and now. that yes. and, and the little pride creeps in as we're yeah. praying you know so yeah good it's a really good book to see the subtlety of some yes. of the attacks of the enemy it's very eye-opening yeah and it's good for us to remember that we we get attacked they're actively coming out yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. You know, it's interesting to me that we think we're so independent, but in reality, there's this whole <laughs> spiritual side of things yeah. not seen that are pushing us toward doing wrong and helping us justify bad decisions in our mind. Mm. I think if we could actually see the forces of darkness and light fighting, we wouldn't be able to handle it. I think it would terrify us half yes. to death. <laughs> really, really glad we don't see them, and I think that's nice of God. Yeah, actually, knows. our minds yeah. can't. Yeah, handle. until heaven, the veil is not taken away, and yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. It's enough for me to know they're there. I think we're all prone to different temptations. I, I have a friend who wrestles with the coveting. Actually, mm. she, if she goes to a nicer home than hers, she immediately wants it. Mm. And she has to really nip that in the bud yeah. or it could consume her thinking. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, I wish my kitchen was like that or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the thing was. And if she's not careful and turn not turning to count blessings, she, the devil has a field day. Oh, with yeah. Her, you know, like I have small. that with worry. You know, mm. I think the worst thing is going to happen, mm. even though it's the most unlikely. Right. So silly. I know. So I it's have to brains. nip it in the bud by turning my worries into prayer yeah. right away because then I'm back in direct contact with God right. as I'm praying about it. Yeah. And that calms me and it keeps me from being foolish. Mm. So. You're right. So how about you? And especially, Nicole, with you and kids, how do you talk about the devil with your children without freaking them out, but yeah. still letting them know that there's an enemy out there that's going to try to wield power in their lives? Right. How do you do that? It's it's a tough balance because you want them to know that he's real and exists, that they can be aware because he's going after them too. If they have Jesus in their heart, yes. he's going to try to tempt them still. Right. So it's... I try to let them know the seriousness about it without scaring them half to death. <laughs> but it's not something we should ignore either. I kind of started out with, you know, Satan hates God. So, and because we're God's children now, he hates us. So he's trying to get us away from God. And the whole thing about sin is that Satan tries to make it seem really fun, but mm-hmm. he doesn't care about their well-being. At all. So even no. though it seems fun, he doesn't care if the sin's going to hurt them. He hopes it does. He hopes mm-hmm. it keeps it from God. Mm-hmm. And that God 
in you know contrast to that really does love us even though sometimes um, the rules or the commandments might seem not as fun they're because he loves us and wants right. to keep them safe right. Um, right and then if they seem nervous there's that verse um, it was a song I learned in VBS years ago as a kid but it was Psalm 9111 for he will give he will order his angels to protect you wherever you will go Aww. so it's not just you know yeah. God's got an army too that he's protecting That's us it. from and the angels are right around you yeah yes. so don't worry like God is always with mm-hmm. you and watching you. Satan mm-hmm. isn't. He can't constantly be with you. Right, but right. just be aware, little ones. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's not just your own sinfulness. It's also the tempter that's saying right. you'd be better off doing it this way. Yeah. Right. And he's totally untrustworthy. So you can't listen to a thing he says. Mm. You know, back in that garden with poor old Eve, she <laughs> lost paradise because she's like really this fruit is good i right. don't know yeah you've got to listen <laughs> yep. carefully to the holy spirit so yeah. you know i've heard that even um children's fairy tales are helpful for kids you know you oh. think like oh my goodness the wicked witch that's too scary for little kids but helping kids process good and evil mm. when they're tiny in the home with you yeah. is way more better than giving them this false idea of the the world that everything's always nice and always good and always yeah. safe just because you try to make it always nice and good right. and safe you in your own them. home, right? right? <laughs> Bad things are out there. Yeah. And they have to gradually, I mean, that's part of the job of a parent, to mm. gradually make them aware of of the bad things and how God is still greater. Yeah. But they they got to know. They gotta yeah, know about absolutely. him. So, oh, good job, Nicole. Like oh. Good job. <laughs> We're trying. It's a hard life teaching kids. It really it is. is. Yeah. So, well, back to the passage. <laughs> <laughs> this is our state without Christ. Basically, mm-hmm. yeah. we've got. Um, even now, we're still tempted by the devil, but before Christ, he's the one controlling us. He's the one we're obeying. There is no Holy Spirit in us to say, watch out. Right. Right. And try to put so, us in the right direction. Yeah, we're really in a worse state. Mm-hmm. And we already have a tendency to be selfish and want our own ways without a tempter. All of us, because of that awful little sin nature thing. Mm. We tend to take offense when no offense was meant because we're very sensitive about ourselves. We get jealous. We want to hurt those who hurt us. We want to always look like we're the best and the brightest and look awesome to other people. You know, none of us want to look terrible, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> so we have all these things. Even if we don't commit mass murder, mm. which most of us don't, <laughs> our hearts are still wicked. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not that hard for Satan to tempt us, and we're prone to selfishness anyways, right? Yeah. So. We are way more focused on getting our own way than on serving others. Mm. We need God. I mean, this is sort of the main point here. Paul's like, y'all need people that don't have Christ (laughs) need God. And the Ephesians, like us, were in darkness until they came to Christ. And Mm. as you pointed out at the beginning, they lived in a city of darkness Mm. where worship of idols was predominant and that big temple to Diana was looming over them every minute of every day. So they were in darkness. So he's reminding them, this is what you were before Christ. Right. So he reminds them in those first four verses what it's like to be led by emotions and fears instead of this new way that they now have through the Spirit. And I feel like we should move on to the new way. (laughs) Goodness, that was way (laughs) enough time to give the devil. Let's move on to the good news. So I'm going to read this. It's the marvelous mercy parts. Oh, yay. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. This is what you tell your kids after you said, there's the devil. You're like, but. But God, my favorite two words. I know, isn't it fun? I love that's how it starts. Wait for it. (laughs) So here we go. But God Mm. is so rich 
in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Hmm. I love that this part begins with a declaration that God is rich in mercy, not just a little mercy. Like, you know, we dole it up, sometimes stingily. Um, (laughs) What do you think this means, this rich in mercy thing? It's just like an abundance. It's not stingy. It's like just saturation of mercy. You think of like a rich chocolate cake and like, every, you know, it's chocolate is everywhere on it. You think of yeah. rich mercy. It's just like you can't get away from it. Isn't that beautiful? It's through the whole part of it. I, I love it. I love this. It's That was such a beautiful part. <laughs> and when I see this, it just makes me want to cry a little. You know, I think back to when I was younger and did something wrong and that horrible feeling of like impending discipline coming or just feeling so ashamed that I'd messed up again, you know? But to see that and know that God isn't just this big, angry, mean God who loves to hurt and punish us, and but he, he leads with that rich mercy and yeah. great love for yeah. us. So we know that what follows, that truly is for our own good because a God who loves us that much isn't going to make try to make our lives miserable. No, he's not. Yeah, it's out nice? of love that he yeah. disciplines. And, you know, it doesn't... Doesn't that just draw you to him? Yes, it does. Yes, <laughs> it does. You know, I just think yeah. I, I want to obey and serve a God like this because I won't I won't get a better offer anywhere else. No, you won't. No, you it's won't. It's pretty good. It's <laughs> wonderful. It really is. And that's why coming to God and asking forgiveness is not the scary thing it can be when yeah. you're talking to a person you've wronged. When you talk to a person you've wronged, because they have free will, mm-hmm. even a very nice, good Christian person, <laughs> you're never sure what their response is going to be if you right. hurt and wounded them. Because the, the human part of them, the selfish part of them may come out and they might say, well... I'll forgive you, but what you did to me, and they might list it all over again and humiliate you again with it. Or they might say, I know I need to forgive you, but I can't yet. You know, all those things. And it makes it really hard to go to them and say, I'm sorry, because you don't know what you're going to get. It's true. (laughs) You know, and I always like to get niceness. And you don't always know. But here's the thing about this rich mercy. Mm. Every time we go to God. No matter how bad, no matter how often. What is that? Every time when we say we're sorry, he floods us with forgiveness and he holds us close. The picture of that prodigal son with his memorized speech to the father. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me a servant in your home. You know, he's got it all recited. And his father's like hugging him, kissing him. and Right, like shush your home. Having a feast. (laughs) Let's have a party. And he doesn't give the lecture because the kid knew. I mean, I I think if it wasn't sincere, it might have gone differently. But the kid was sorry. Yeah. And God is rich in mercy. So we never have to run away from that. That's so nice. I kind of went off on that one a long time. (laughs) But I just love it. I love it. Mm. I love how this section is actually bookended with words like rich in mercy and incredible wealth of his grace and kindness. God is so much nicer than we deserve. He He really is. He loves us and made a way for us to have a relationship with him perfect love Mm. and we tend to spend our days on lesser things that don't even matter i know that's so sad (laughs) well the last three verses are probably the most famous in this section we've Mm. heard about the darkness now we've just sort of danced about with joy at the richest of mercy (laughs) 
finish it up, Nicole. Read Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. All right. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus. So we can do, do the good things he planned for us long ago. I love how Paul's really blunt here. You can't take credit for this, he yeah. says. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good because if you had to earn it, there'd be a lot of pressure to oh, gosh. make We'd sure never you really make earned it. it. We'd never yeah. make it if exactly. we earn it. Good glory. <laughs> but we don't, we might want to take the credit to say, you know, but we can't. Right. None of it. And so, Paul, Paul makes it clear. He does. He says it twice. He says you're, yeah. it was a gift and you can't earn it. So there's no way we can, and don't boast about it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Listen, there's guys. no reason to boast. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so when Paul had stopped at verse 9, salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done so none of us can boast, we'd right. be like, well, we don't deserve it and we got it. We could just kick back and be spoiled. <laughs> but, oh, that would be wrong. I love that after he's established that we can't earn it, he tells us we still have stuff to do. I really mm, love this. Yes. First, we have to know that it was all his gift. Mm. Then we go on to doing work for him, not from earning but because we were created for it. It's so yeah. cool. I love that Paul calls us God's masterpiece. What is mm-hmm. that? We're a masterpiece? Other translations say we're workmanship or mm-hmm. literally God's poem. Oh, I like that. Yeah, isn't that nice? That's beautiful. Poema is what it is in the Greek. Wow. You're God's poem, Nicole. <laughs> and poems, I know because I write them. They, you don't just whip them off. Right. You, it <laughs> takes time yeah. and effort to craft a poem and find those right words. Yeah. So the idea is that he didn't just throw us together quickly with Band-Aids. Right. He crafted us like Michelangelo crafted the statue of David. Wow. It, he took his time over us. Right. He made us with intent. We're pretty special. Hmm. Isn't that neat? <laughs> it's hard for us to envision that at time. And mm. sometimes it can be hard to get across to teenagers and preteens, especially. Yeah. I really hated my face as a oh. teen. Oh, my goodness. I thought my nose was just so huge that when people looked at me, all they saw was this honk oh, and big no. nose. I love your face. I hated <laughs> oh, I, I hated the way my eyes close when I laugh. I'm like, that is so obnoxious. Why can't my That's eyes stay funny. open when I smile? Yeah. So oh, I no. thought I looked weird in every picture, you know, that yes. kind of thing. <laughs> I had buck teeth. I thought they made me look goofy. I just didn't feel like a masterpiece. Mm. I really had to know these words so I could believe it. Right. So how about you? (laughs) I I was with you in some of those descriptions. I was a pretty awkward kid, too. (laughs) I remember I I really didn't feel like anyone's masterpiece. Oh, and it's hard because you don't want to pass on those insecurities to your kiddos either. Right, right. And she have four daughters, so I, I try to tell the girls how special they are and how God created them just as they are for a purpose. Like he did. He said with intent. He didn't yes. just, oh, okay, I'll have a couple kids here. He, he crafted them. Yeah. And yeah. especially now in a world where they're told they can change themselves in any different way, if they're not happy with who God made them, I just want them so badly to understand that God loved them and yes. chose them to make them just the way they are and that it wasn't a mistake but a careful design purpose for a purpose yes exactly and my favorite verse i try to share this with the girls too in psalm 139 mm-hmm. 13 and 14 um you made all of my delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb and then the end of verse 14 says your workmanship which is probably similar to that masterpiece mm-hmm. your workmanship is marvelous how well i know it 
So because I'm a big knitter, and all my kiddos are learning it too, it creates this physical picture of God and his care in making us. You know, like writing a poem, it takes a lot of attention to detail to knit, and there's these little tiny stitches to get just right. So what a beautiful picture of God, you know, very carefully designing cell by cell and creating a beautiful masterpiece that he loved enough to die for to save. So I just, I hope that as they get older, you know, this is probably going to get shaken as the world gets louder around them. But I try to tell them that as often as I can when they're still little and hope it kind of like sinks in, you know? Let them know this. It's the most beautiful thing. It really is. You have that. If you can hold that knowledge in your heart, you're his masterpiece. Man. Yeah. Be unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you have confidence in your personality. If yes. God made you, um, you know, tough, yes. well, He made you tough for a reason, Absolutely. and you use that toughness that to get things done. That yeah. boldness. If He made you gentle, mm. He made you that way for a reason. It yes. brings me back to the body of Christ and how the different parts are all necessary. Yes. You know, we can't all be chatty types. Right. We can't all be quiet types. We need, <laughs> no. we need all types. Absolutely. We really do. And it's working together that makes it so beautiful. Mm. This is a beautiful passage. It is. I, I do love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Thank you so much for sharing with it. Yeah. So I'm going to start with prayer or end with prayer now and just thank the Lord for the beauty of his grace mm-hmm. and his rich, rich, marvelous mercy Absolutely. on us. Heavenly Father, how we thank you for rich mercy, not little tiny bits of it. God, thank you that when I've sinned and feel so ashamed, I know that you're going to welcome me back. I know that you're going to wash away the guilt and the shame You're going to make me new again and uh, fresh and clean. Lord, this is the very, very good news that you give us through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we celebrate it today on this podcast. Thank you. And thank you that not only did you create us um, and give us this mercy, but you made us with purpose. Mm. We're poems. Father, help our our rhyme to um, be beautiful for you. Help we little masterpieces to fulfill the purpose for which you made us. Lord, help us to be acquainted with our personalities and our our bodies and um, know that nothing was done by mistake. And show us how we can live out that purpose, not out of some feeling of earning, because we can't, but out of gratitude to you and out of the sheer joy of of being who you made us to be. Mm. Father, thank you for this passage. Thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. You can find us at sweetsela.org slash podcast. And we always love to hear from you. If you want to join our pod, our podcast partner group, donate any amount at sweetsela.org slash donations and write podcast partner on the line. We'd love your help in keeping this podcast going. We'd also love your reviews. Help us get seen more by sharing our podcast with others and writing about it. We'd really appreciate it. And come back next week for episode 69. We're calling this episode, We're In This Together. We are so glad you stopped for a while with us. The Sweet Sela Moments podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. More information about this podcast can be found at sweetsela.org. Thank you for joining us.